Welcome to the final episode of the official Rugby World Cup podcast brought to you by Asahi Superdry, the official beer at the Rugby World Cup. We are in the Opera House in Paris, where the World Rugby Awards have just been held, hosted by the brilliant Clemmy Salah and our very own Hugo Monia, who's come upstairs to join us. Brilliant job, Bukes. You were absolutely superb tonight. How was it for you? It's by far the best and most beautiful venue I've ever worked it's in. It's incredible, in isn't it? In all my life. Um, you've been in control of the crowd all night. Could you just get them to shush down a little bit for the <laughs> podcast for the next half if an only. hour? <laughs> we sent down some Asahis. <laughs> it was a full room of rugby legends and two of them have joined us uh, for the final part in John de Villiers and Conrad Smith. Boys, it's lovely to see you. Can you hear me? Just, can, just, just, yeah, it, you keep it, it, it loud and it I'll, 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 you'll reach me. Lovely, lovely. So luckily, um, I, I, don't, I don't have a voice left after last night. I bet. And now, now all the noise as well. So it's really going well. To be fair, I don't think many of the uh, uh, World Cup winners from last night had much of a voice, yeah. a walk, or kind of any kind of reality as they walked on stage <laughs> early today. Yeah, They've that, had a big night. That's the issue with the nine o'clock games, right? So you finish at 11, you eventually... <laughs> You eventually only get back to the hotel at half past one, one or two beers. So I think it's just a lack of sleep. Nothing to do with any acai. Right, right. Are you trying to blame the kickoff <laughs> for the yes. hangover today? Yes. Because <laughs> it messes with our party time afterwards. It's a good effort, isn't it? Hey, we appreciate your time. There's going to be a big party in Paris uh, tonight. Uh, let's start with this. Can you sum up that final in one sentence? No. Excellent. Conrad, <laughs> thank you very much for asking, yes. Conrad? Oh, what, what? No, I, I love that answer. No. Yeah, frantic, manic, but in some ways beautiful. Uh, a fitting final for what's been an incredible World Cup. I think it's it was the most tense final we've had since 2003. 07 was a blowout, 11 was comfortable, 15... You, you, you knew. 11 comfortable. Well, you were good. <laughs> 11, 9, well, 8. you were good. What Never in doubt that. 7, 8, 7. Eight, seven. seven. Oh, I thought you were yeah. going to say <laughs> most tense since 11, and yeah. I'd agree with that. Okay. Were well, you got, drinking backstage? Yeah. I've been with your boys. Yeah. Discount 11. 15, 19. They were washouts. Yeah, yeah. agree, agree. And then last night, I mean, the beauty of the game, the one thing our sport, any sport needs is jeopardy and jeopardy as long in the game as possible. To yeah. so the 81st minute, you didn't know who was going to win the game. And so that's true. fantastic. So true. Actually, it's fair to say that South Africa have played... Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair to say that South Africa have probably played three finals in the last three weeks, winning by a point, just by one point in the quarters, semis and final. What was the quote today? So New Zealand wanted to win it, uh, South Africa needed to win yeah. it. And I think that's the case so many times with... Um, you know, with the Springboks back home for us, you know, uh, rugby has played such a big part in in what our country is today, and whether that was by luck uh, or whatever. But 1990, you know, the the country became a democratic country. 1994, 95, we hosted the World Cup. You won it. We won it against you know the All Blacks, our our, our the, the great rivalry of of those two teams, and and that brought the nation together. And 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 suddenly every time the the Springboks went onto the field post that you had a feeling that that's what you had to do so even just as a player you knew that the responsibility is more than just scoring more points than the opposition it's actually providing hope for for a country and, and providing so much more than just celebrating a win 
And I think this team really understands that responsibility. So we could so easily have lost to France, so easily to England, so easily to the All Blacks, uh, but they found a way. And sometimes it's that kind of um, higher purpose that you're playing for that, that, uh, that pulls it through. Yeah. It could have gone the other way last night. Conrad, like some massive decisions. Uh, Hugo's mentioned this many times on the pod about rugby being a game of small margins. It turns out they're minuscule. With the cards last night, any complaints with the decisions to start with? And uh, how, how gutted are you? It could have been New Zealand's final. The All Blacks, I know, will look back on the opportunities that they had to win that game, regardless of, of, of what happened um, with the referee decisions. There, there, there were chances to win that game. The same way in a semi-final, England had chances to, to win that game. And, and, and you know, you talk about small margins, there was Ireland and France who weren't even at that final that finished their pool unbeaten, you know? Like France beat New Zealand, Ireland beat South Africa, and they're not even there. Like that, that's the level of competition at this World Cup, and, and that's the, the tiny margins that we're talking about now. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd rather talk about that than uh, referee decisions. See, the airspace between the top four has never been tighter. If you take it back to the quarterfinals and you look at like moments, Jordy Barrett holding up a driving ball. The last scrum, Vincent Cock holding his bind and not dropping his knee. Justin Colby, Chesley two massive Colby tackles. With a, with a charge down on Thomas. When yeah. did you last see that? Pollard hitting the post. Do, do, First kick. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, when we talk about this World Cup and it's only right that we focus on the two finalists, but we are talking a bounce of the ball. It is so tight and so competitive. And that's why this World Cup has been so gripping. I've loved it. I feel like my questions are based on the mood of the music behind us and what I'm going to ask you next. This is quite somber, so I might ask the Sam Kane question to you, Conrad. It, that is so tough. There were so many all-black legends in the game of rugby. He's going to have to live with that for a long time. I don't know if you agree, guys, but a red card in the final, the way the game's refereed now, that can happen, right? A red card, yellow card. How does Sam Kane deal with that going forward that's tough yeah it, it's it's brutal man anyone that knows that guy like he uh he is an absolute gentleman of the game and and a servant to the jersey but also every, everything he's done for the for rugby has been brilliant you know and, and he and he's not a he's not a dirty player he's certainly not a thug he, he does everything you know with passion and um for him to now to live with that Look at look at sport, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think as a game, we we now need to we 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 need to think about how we are punishing you know those sort of moments in a game and and whether that's the way we want to carry on. Look, Sam will handle that. He, he's a like I say, he's a great man. He's a great character. He, he'll deal with that. But it's um it's something that hurts me a little bit that that game is is going to. Um, probably vilify a man that doesn't deserve that at all um, and, and that's just uh, a little bit unfortunate. I, if, if I could just add to that because I, I agree 100% you know you said about your former players feeling that way I felt exactly the same for him you know and I, when I saw him tonight walked up to him and, and said exactly that because it's a, it's a pity that a, a game of this magnitude that something like that happens and, and, and we know the reasons why they they're changing the laws and, and, and why they, um, why we are seeing more yellow cards and red cards, but 
I, I, I can't agree more on that. I think we need to we need to reassess that a little bit because we don't want that to happen again. Um, and uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted for that guy. Even though I'm sitting on the other side and really happy that we won, to have something like that hang over, you know, that cloud hanging over you forever, that's harsh. Let's talk about um, Razzie. Let's talk about tactics because all last week, he picks the bench again and there was doubts amongst many people that it was the right thing to do. Obviously, the gamble has paid off. Was it a gamble? Is this guy lucky? Is he genius? I can't even work him out. What is he? No, he's a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> how can you go into a World Cup final and, and not have a scrum off or a fly off reserve on the bench? Go 7-1. I mean, who in this world is ballsy enough to do that? But they did it. And the one thing, you know, I've, I've known Rusty for, for quite a while. He coached us at the Stormers and, and Jog, you know, the same thing. And, the work that they put in, the, the decisions that they eventually make, you know, to us, it, it seems ludicrous, but for them, it's very calculated. And, but, uh, but how are you, how are you, and then the first couple of minutes, you lose your hooker. Yeah? Yeah. Like, uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> Do you know him and you think, okay, this is I'll part say, of the plan. Oh, okay, we're gone. We're gone. Genuine. And, uh, that's probably the second worst thing that could happen to us, because obviously we, we replaced our hooker with a fly-off when he got injured. That's the second worst thing that, that could have happened bar Faf de Clare getting injured early on in the game. Because Dion Free, I think the last time he played a, a full game of 80 minutes at hooker was probably 10 years ago. <laughs> at the age of 37. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What, he's 47 now? Yeah. No. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. 37. And, but a hell of a, hell of a player. You know, when, when us old oaks were still playing, so, so, uh, so we call him Branas, okay, uh, Brandy, Branovain. So he was still playing then, then went, went and played in France for quite a while, I think for eight years or whatever, because he, he just thought he, he wouldn't you know, get a shot uh, for the box. Played abroad, um, you know, did really well, came back to the Stormers two seasons ago, you know, by luck gets drafted into the squad, finishes the game last night, as captain of the Springboks. <laughs> he was captain by the time the final whistle went last night. I love it. I mean, what a story is that? As a fan watching it, South Africa just looked so fired up for it. Was the plan to go out there and try and rough New Zealand up a little bit? I almost feel disrespectful saying that because they've been expecting it. Well, would that have been the, the message? Yeah, well, I, I think that's always the message. And the, the one thing they learned is that when they played the All Blacks at Mount Smart earlier this year, we got bullied. You know, Shannon Frizzell had a hell of a game that day, uh, and we got out-muscled in that game. Um, they were able to turn it around at Twickenham, but definitely going into the game uh, yesterday, you could see they, they, were, they were up for it, for it more than usual um, for this game. And some of those hits were just... Oh, my goodness. You know, I, don't, I don't know how Richie Mwanga got up after no. that one tackle by no. Eben Etzebed, but, no. but in fairness to them, to the All Blacks, they were able to take that. They were able to rearrange and settle into playing with 14 men and for the majority of that time period you know they had the upper hand so um that that's what makes it you know the, the game so beautiful and especially the rivalry between those two teams i mean i've played against them numerous times and mostly on the other end but it's you know it, it's it's why you want to play and not just to be able to challenge yourself against the best 
but also afterwards to be able to sit like this and have a beer as yeah, well. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and that's the beauty of it. Could you say, just on the All Blacks and South Africa, well-deserved champions, but to go down to 14 men, lose by a point, when the game plan is to beat you up physically with a 7-1 bench, when they would look back at that and think, we could have, could have, should have, with tries, kicks at goals. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. South Africa didn't score a single point in the second half. So how you nullify them, stop them from scoring, whilst go through the gears, I think we have to give so much credit. A game is only built upon when two teams play so well. Yeah. We saw New Zealand against Argentina, and New Zealand great. It wasn't a great game, because Argentina didn't turn up. But the All Blacks deserve so much credit for what they did in adversity yesterday. There were, there were two things that stood out for me, and I think it's spot on in that halftime. I also felt, Jeepers, we are actually so um, dominant physically, and now with 14, it, it just felt as if the, the damn wall was going to break. But then two moments, one and, and both around Sia, one just after, after the, the restart of the second half, goes down the right-hand side of the field, doesn't make the pass to Creel. You make a make a tackle there. We score that try. I, I reckon. I reckon. Game I agree. Over. I agree. But that that happens. So that happens. You get a bit of energy from an All Black point of view because you've now stopped a, a dead certain try. Then Sia gets yellow carded. And to me, that's where the game flipped. Yeah. That's where the All Blacks really started to believe, uh, and we we very much equaled out. So that's know, where Jordy Barrett maybe could have gone for goal goes into the corner is that because they're thinking this is maybe the only time we're going to have the same amount of men on the pitch for the rest of the game yeah i i uh i <laughs> I'm, I'm someone as a spectator i <laughs> i don't like drilling onto those decisions but i would you, love you to sound like that. a terrible fan by the way conrad you're <laughs> I, really struggling I, with this I, I, was, I saw i i was sitting next to i had terry disappoir and matt Giddo next to me and i was really confused i was and, and, and part of me thought maybe they knew, the only thing I thought, they knew Sia was only going to get a yellow and so they had 10 minutes to capitalise on, on a 14 v 14. But as far as I could see, maybe Sia was going to get a row. I, I didn't know, but I just thought, take those three, man. You're, you're in a but, final. Yeah. Do, do you know something George Ford said to me? He went, coaches in the stands, they see things that we don't see on the pitchers' players but players feel different things that coaches never feel. Yeah, 100%. And so that was a feel decision rather yeah. than a... Yeah. Wow. And, and it's mad. And you never want to take the feel away from a player because it could be you two as centers, but like, we've got these on toast yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Or someone in, there'll be the hooker or the second rows, like, yeah. we've got these boys. And it's so hard when you're trying to calculate the right decision when you're going against vision and feel. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and look, you know, John, you're the same. You, I've, I've been captain and there's those moments in a game that I, that I love. They're beautiful parts of the game because there is no right decision, you know. You go for the line, they score, and you're like, God, that's, you know, that was it. And then, or you go and you miss the line out as it happened, and you're like, ah, oh, you should have taken the three like, points. So there's, there's never an, a right decision. Look, they, they took the punt there. I, I uh, yeah, I, I just questioned it, but... Yeah, you, you can do that with every decision in the game. I thought it was the right decision. Uh, for, for there us, you go. <laughs> um, there might be people listening to this pod this week on the way to work, on the way home from work, reminiscing 
What's been a brilliant World Cup? A little bit of a pub question for you, uh, which would be amazing if you two get involved with this. Starts with you, Hugo. You talk about being a great team. Is this now the greatest team ever? Springbok team 2019, yeah. 2023. And I mean that with absolutely no disrespect to our no. two um, panelists here. But I played against the 2009 Springbok team. And even after they won the World Cup in 2019, I'd always consider the 0-9 team as the greatest South African team of all time. Honestly, when you list the team, it's, it's a joke. You know, John Schmidt as captain, Victor Matfield back is... Honestly, you just go on Do you want to talk about that tackle? That, do you want to... Uh, I don't know, but we are. <laughs> Tell us the story now. What tackle? No, no, please, please continue. You we'll get back to the greatest team ever. What's the tackle, please, Hughes? So we got a centre, oh, <laughs> centre field scrum. Brano Driscoll looks at me and he's like, "Stay on the whip. I'm going to skip this pass. Hit you flat. You're in the corner." I was like, "Sweet. Here we go." He does exactly what he says he's going to do. Skip pass to me in the corner, on on the on the wing. As I'm diving in to score a try in the first test. I get high tackled. <laughs> <laughs> By who? I wonder. No, I get tackled over the try line and the ball reefed out in the first five minutes of the game. I, st I still don't know how I did that. I don't know I how you bloody did that. from the ground and I just managed to get my hands under it. And Honestly, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those where you, yeah. you only get like a few of those defensive moments in your career. Luck. But for Jean, yeah. that happened in he the first He probably had more than quite a few, yeah. Honestly, it's just mental. Like, he's mental, he's, the tackle's he's, crazy. He's trying to get you to not say that 2019-2023 box <laughs> is the greatest ever and bringing it back to himself. Have you seen what he's done there? But in the last four years, they've won a World Cup, a Lions series, and then gone back-to-back. -back. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. They're on a different level. Best Springbok team ever. Without a doubt, to be able... I mean, this guy's gone back to back to win a World Cup. You know, that in itself, I think, is a massive, massive, massive achievement. But also the route that this team took with the fixtures that they had going into this final, it was an incredible effort. I watched earlier when they, when they selected the, um, uh, the World Team of the Year yeah. at the awards, and only Ibn Estimate is there from a South African point of view. Geth, we've but, got uh, a guest. Oh, hang but, on. Uh, you know, I think that just shows that South Africa had a collective hey, effort. So, oh, talk, uh, talk of the, just, uh, you know, the individuals. Talking talk about the, individual Yeah, efforts. talking about team of the year and uh, also the player uh, of the year has just arrived. Adi, what an absolute pleasure to Adi, see. Adi, you want to come in the middle Adi Surveo has uh, joined us on, on the pod in the Opera House. Player of the year, congratulations. Thank you. It must be an incredibly bittersweet moment for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's painful and it hurts um, not being able to you know, finish it last night. Still processing it pretty much. Um, and I think it, it will stay there for a while, um, but very honored and blessed to, you know, receive this tonight and um, gonna go back and, uh, you know, farewell the lads that uh, played their last game for the All Blacks and, and some of our management too. So it's gonna be good. Can you explain as a, as a fan listening, what is, you know, maybe the last 24 hours uh, are like for you? You know, like you've obviously played the final you've had today, you've come to the dinner this evening. But, do you, do you get any time to reflect? What's going? What, uh, what's going on with you right now? What, nah, what's the feeling? No, no time. No, no time to reflect. I, th I think it will, it will hurt once we hop on the plane and um, things will be much more quiet. It sucks pretty much, but um, yeah, it's, that's footy. As you as you just joined in, now we were talking about 
South Africa being one of the greatest sides I've ever won. What an epic battle that was last night. It was a hell of a game. And a lot of people saying you play next week could be another another result, right? It's that, the, the margins are so small now. Yeah, it is. And you don't know a big moment until the uh, until after the game. And yeah. we had a lot of opportunities to, to, to win that and, and close the game out. But as a testament to South Africa and uh, Sia and his men, um, you know they're a great team and they know how to they know and they know how they want to play and and they attack it so um yeah it's a testament to them Ardi, can we move away from talking about rugby for a second Yo, and, what do you um, think of his performance tonight as no, a host no, no, he was? <laughs> i was more impressed by your your suit and the style <laughs> oh, that, thank you, mate, bro. that has got to be hot that is in there's a I bit of velvet so in the opera sweaty, house sweaty night beyond belief. <laughs> um bro i follow you on TikTok. Uh, Can you talk us through your dancing? Because you got some crazy moves. For a guy who's so physical, mm. so combative, you can swing your hips pretty well. I think it goes back to where me and my brother, we used to dance battle each other uh, back in the days. And I think we're just kind of, it's just our fun. Um, mm. So yeah, we can you, it on. Mate, Can you it, teach it, Geffen no, these, these are the high can, quality can you, questions you expect to be asked on the podcast. Can you teach Geffen something? Just a little something. Yeah, just little. I think. No, please. I think to be fair, he's had a physical and mental journey last I'll, I'll 25. I'll show him, after Yeah, that's more like the opera. Can Conrad Smith do any dancing at the end of? <laughs> sure, hang on, I'm just thinking. Surely this relates to the way he can beat tackles. Like yeah. I, I imagine, right. Mark Talia would be about the same. Yeah. God, the two of you, the well, man. When I, when I first joined the Hurricane, he was my captain. So I was <laughs> really I'll be dancing, and Snakey would walk me like, "What the hell are these doing?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> That's what I was all about. Um, we'll let you go, but before you go, what the next couple of weeks? Uh, what do they look like for you now and and, and the boys? Um, yeah, I, I guess we go home. For me personally, I I just want to go home and be a dad and um, drop the kids off to school and help wifey around the house and and just enjoy and get away from rugby. Um, so you've been away for like four or five months now. Do you go home? And a lot of the players say this: like you've you've gone away, you've played rugby in the World Cup, you're heroes. The wife sees you and says, "Mate, here's the kids." Get on with it. <laughs> Get back to duties. Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> but I, I love it. Um, it helps me take my way, my mind away from rugby, and um, just refreshes myself to to be off the family and all my friends and mum and dad. So I'm really looking forward to getting back home. Uh, mate, you've been you've been brilliant uh, to watch. Congratulations on the individual award. I know it's not what you wanted last night. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod. No worries. Um, you leave that. We're going to just talk about you now, if that's all right. It's, yeah, we'll yeah, let you go and we'll just good. talk about you behind Thank your you. back. Is that all right? Thank you. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, Thank you, Thank you that so much. Thanks. Adi Surveyor there saying goodbye to the boys. Uh, player of the year. He's gone around. White socks as well. It's very... Uh, yeah, beautiful. White socks, a bit Michael Jackson-like. But it is amazing. Eh? I mean, the way, the way he fights in the tackle is better than anyone in the world and then you mentioned Talia as well he's like a he's like an eel you, you just you can't tackle him I said it earlier to him on stage he beat 40 defenders at this World Cup which is the second highest amount of defenders beaten ever at a rugby World Cup yeah. and he did it in one less game as well are we going to see him in another World Cup 32 he'll keep going yeah yeah. I, I, I just say I know he's going I to Japan so. and he'll you know probably look after himself yeah. that, that, that's a league that you know because he gets through a lot of work of anyone he's, that can see he's him played, play he's played every minute yeah. of every game he's been selected in this year yeah. never once up so I, I think if he went to France 
<laughs> yeah, Pro 14. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Pat might be so better. Uh, well, he probably would because he'd, uh, he'd just keep going. But, you know, like going to Japan gives them a much higher probability of him being at another World yeah. Cup. Before uh, Ardi uh, come over, actually, we were talking about this South African side. Razzi Erasmus has been there at the forefront of it. Where's he going next? Because he's, he says he's not going to coach another international team. Where's he going? Do you know? No, he's staying. He's staying at this stage, still staying uh, in He loves South it. Africa. He'll never leave. Yeah. He's got his traffic lights and he's staying put. I think he's got his sights set on being the next big dog at World Rugby. Oh. Oh. Wow. I reckon, I mean, Razzy walked past us yesterday when he came from the coaching box. I mean, he was in floods of tears, you imagine, emotional guy. I love him. I know he's some people's villain or whatever. Uh, I love his different way of thinking. He's excellent. The game and entertainment needs to celebrate heroes and villains, if you want to say he's a villain. But I reckon once he's done coaching, I'd love to see him in administration. Because a game like rugby, which is pretty traditional, it could do with shaking up. It could do with someone who's slightly outside the box, holding up a mirror. That's not to say it takes on board everything. However, just someone prodding and poking and asking the questions. But how much would you love that? Mate, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I think he'd be a breath of fresh air and uh, world <laughs> rugby. I, I don't know how he'd go. I don't even know if he'd like that. I'd, I'd love to have him on uh, but, and but, ask him the question. But, but for now, he, he, he's staying. He's yeah, so cycle. he's still under contract. So Jacques Ninova is leaving. Yeah. So he's, Leinster. Uh, he's going to Leinster. Yeah. Um, is know, he the first coach to win a World Cup for an international team and then go to club rugby? Because that's an unbelievable coup for no, Leinster. That, that, was, that was like, uh, that was standard in South Africa for quite a while. You win a World Cup and then you get fired. Um, <laughs> or, or you coach the Springboks to a World Cup and then you need to move on. <laughs> so Jake, Jake, well, I mean, yeah. Jake White got fired after winning the World Cup. Yeah. It made me think of Ian Foster. Um, and, and a word on, you know, Ardi tonight, Ardi Severe, Talea, picked him out in their speeches. Obviously very close to him. Scott Robinson announced he was taking over before this World Cup. He said it's a tough old time. Yes, it, it has been. Um, look, Fozzy, anyone that's been coaching, Fozzy coached me, uh, you know, he, he was a big part of uh, at the team that won in uh, 15. He is a great coach. He's a great mind. Um, he, he'll be missed with the New Zealand rugby. And look, Scott Robinson's a great coach. Like, he, he is a record. He is deserving of, of the role that he is going to take on. And, you know, so it, it's going to be exciting under him. But, you know, all, all the guys that have played under Fozzie, uh, you know, love the work he's done. So it, it's just a. Uh, it's a difficult, interesting position. I'm, I'm not close enough to comment too much more than that, but uh, a great man, you know, it, was, it would have been great to see him win, obviously, last night, but uh, I, I think what the team's done, you know, has uh, showed enough to uh, how good he is to the group and everyone that, you know, speaks so fondly of him, you know, he's, um, he's pretty good at what he does. Can we speculate for a moment? Yeah. Ian Foster's out of a job. Australian rugby need a coach. Oh wow! Yeah, let's let's speculate. <laughs> oh, is that? Oh, is that what he meant by "I don't know enough"? But I mean, yeah. could could you see that? I, I could. I, I don't. I, like I don't know if Eddie's going anywhere. I, I think um, Australia have uh, committed that they're, they're too far 
That, no, that, no, that, that, Eddie resigns. Oh, whoa, whoa. He's gone. Yeah. Whoa. He's gone. Yeah. Eddie, I'm out of Eddie it. resigned this morning. It's always okay. good to have people on the panel who yeah. are up to date with rugby <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah. yeah, all right. All right. We got news for you, Conrad. There you go. I wonder where okay. you were going with that then. Well, <laughs> I was like, Fozzie's in the building. Let's get him out. Yeah, yeah do you like? No. Get him up and ask him. Can we get him up and ask him? Eddie resigned this morning. Now I can answer the question. Australia need a coach. I don't think. Fozzie's gone to Japan. I've just heard it. Ian Foster will take that job. I, I think Steve he'll... Hansen's been into Australian camp as an advisor. He has. He Broken has. Uh, Robbie Dean. I think he, he'll want time away from the game. I, I think it'll be a little oh. bit soon. I'll just positive. add that the Springbok head coach job is also available. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. Thought for Dave Rennie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so who on. knows? It's good speculation, that. Uh, quick word on England, Hughes, uh, uh, before we wrap up, up the pod. Uh, six wins out of seven at a World Cup. They lose by one point to the world champions. That's a great return. And the way in which you measure it is by where their journey started and where they were. Steve Borthwick, brand new coach, brand new coaching staff, comes in. They finish fourth in the Six Nations. They lose all but one of their games in the summer. And they go away on the podium with the bronze medal. It's... It's been a tremendous tournament for them in terms of the tangible outcome. And I'm just, I'm just truly hoping that they use this moment, this momentum as a launch pad for the next four years. Because Steve Borthwick with four years succession and planning, and we're going to miss some legends, Ben Youngs, Courtney Laws, there'll be others to follow. In terms of where we can be in 2027 is... Uh, it's exciting. A young squad that's had a lot of experience over the last uh, six weeks. We're going to do a World Cup wrap-up. All right, gents? We're going to do three things. Best player, best coach, best moment of the World Cup. Are you ready to go, John? Your best player yeah. of the World Cup. Best player of the World Cup, uh, Bandiaki. No, I'm going to stick with Adi. I thought he was... He's still watching the massive. pod. He's still watching the pod, you have to say, Adi. Yeah, he's still, he, he's still there. He's, still he's watching. watching me, so I have to say that. Oh, you no, he's, he was... Immense. Every every game, he was amazing. Okay, you got Bundy, Ardy. I can't double up. I'll go. Um, I'll go Eben Etzebeth. But it's mad because the premium of these knockout matches. I'd go Peter Steph to Toy. Yeah. Like he played his biggest game of his career in the biggest game in South African history. But yeah, I'll go with Eben because Eben's been brilliant. We've done a lot of chat about coaches. Well, Andy Farrell won tonight, didn't he? And he's done an amazing job because they were unbeaten, what, for 17 matches. Would you go along with that or would you choose someone different? Uh, no, I won't choose him. Um, <laughs> I think if you... I think if you... So unemotional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, I hope you're watching. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just... To win a World Cup as a coach is something that, that takes a lot of effort. To be able to win a World Cup like we did this year against the teams that we played, I think you need something even more special. So, uh, I mean, how can you not then select the guy that coached the team? That makes sense, but I'll... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, that, that's what we do in rugby, right? If it makes too much sense, then you don't yeah. do it. Yeah, we'll sack him. Look, uh, I, I, I will say, like, we, even when we were talking about all the greatest teams, like, this is a tournament. Let's be honest. England should have beaten South Africa. Ireland beat South Africa, France beat yeah. New Zealand, and those two, you know, Ireland and France weren't even in the final. This is a tournament we're talking about. Like, it is incredibly tight. I, I, I think if you played this World Cup 10 times in a row, 
be a different Ireland, outcome. Ireland would win it most of the time, so Andy Farrell gets yeah. it for me before Conrad, Sia comes Conrad in. Conrad just said that, that you shouldn't have won. Conrad <laughs> 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 no, Con Con said that as Sia Khaleesi has just joined us, Sia. What a pleasure. Thank you for popping in, sir. You're good. Sia, thanks for joining us. I mean, my goodness. But you've given your time to so many people in the last 24 hours. Thank you for popping up for seeing us. Simple question. How are you doing? How are you doing right now? How are you feeling? Tired. <laughs> yeah, Tired. Um, yeah. Yeah, we haven't slept, of course, obviously by choice. Um, yeah. We've just been enjoying each other's companies. Hold that microphone. Group. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, loud here. Enjoying Sorry. each companies as a squad. As you can see, some guys have some interesting haircuts from four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, but honestly, we haven't thought about much. We just want to get home because I think that's when it will really hit what just happened. Could you just quickly explain what's happened to Eben Etzbeth here yeah, since we saw him in the, in the final? Maybe describe no, what kind of... They, uh, all, they all made a bet that if we win the World Cup, everybody's going to cut like Archie. He's the only one that cut like Archie. <laughs> all the other locks said no at the end. It seemed a bit half-hearted as well. It's not quite finished, is it? No, it's right. It's, that, that's yeah. it. Oh, is it's it? going to go too crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. the Archie Snowman. Yeah. Snowman lookalike. 5am. Lookalike. Cut by the... Um, uh, Damien Vellum, sir. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you got... LG Snayman. I'd imagine fairly well lubricated with Asahi with a pair of clippers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, and Brendan Gug. Everyone's telling me you've got to go to your next interview. Before you go, do you have any idea what it's going to be like for you when you land back home in the mm. next few days? It's going to be far more than it was last uh, in 2019. By far, because I said earlier, people were hoping we win the last World Cup and this year they were expecting and they were expecting even though we lost the first game um, the the malls the the areas got bigger where people started watching and um, John will tell you they, there's a lot that doesn't work in our country but when something works everybody gets behind it and we're one of those things in the country and that's the privilege we have as players not pressure we see the privilege because we do what we love, we get paid to do what we love, and we're able to change people's moods and we're able to... And a lot of people say they want to inspire. Who do you want to inspire? I want to inspire the guy that grew up in an environment like me that thinks that he's not going to make it in life because of the, his current situation, uh, circumstances. But then he looks at me, he looks at Ches and Kobe, he looks at Peter Steph, and he says, you know what, I come from a farm, I come from this area, he made it, so it's possible. It might look, not look like it now, but it is possible, and that's the kind of, not pressure, privilege we play with uh, as South African. Also, John will tell you, you know, a lot of people don't get along in the country because of the past, painful past we have. And we come from different walks of life, different languages, different cultures. Even though I might be black and someone else is black, but we speak different languages and different cultures. Coach Rassi has, told, has taught us to mind each other because I grew up singing and you don't like it. So just find a way to get along and or find a way that it can work with you so we can work together as long as you don't interrupt others around you. So there's a lot that we've learned that can work, not just in sport, but in life outside rugby as well. Sir, you've been a driving force for that. You've been absolutely incredible, a face for it. And I think you've already started your, your legacy and have a great celebration with your teammates. Thank you, Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you very much. Thank and you. Um, all the best when you get home. Yes. Thank you. I'll see you soon. See you, Khaleesi there. Take care. Thank you so much. <laughs>
Go Liverpool. He's also, he's been learning a bit of Welsh as well. He's been, you know, um, been, he's been doing it all. He's just magnificent, isn't he? Look, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to have, to have seen him grow from being a 19, 20-year-old coming into the Stormers team. I was captain when he, when he made his debut for the Springboks to the human being he is today. If this guy runs for president of South Africa, he becomes president. Yeah. I've yeah. got no doubt. He's about becoming that. that big, isn't no he? No doubt yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he is an absolute inspiration. And, you know, he, he speaks softly about uh, the issues that we have in the country and his background. But yeah. his life story is wow. one that is exceptional. This, this guy should not be sitting here as a World Cup winning captain. He shouldn't even be playing professional rugby if you take where he comes from. Yeah and the adversity that he faced as a, as a kid. Now, I've got Amazing. all the admiration in the world for him. I love the fact as well, as a fan, I've never met him before. It's exciting to have him on the pod, and you guys are just completely taking a piss. You're literally saying to him, Conrad told you we were <laughs> yeah. going to lose last night. I love it. It's the camaraderie. Uh, you were sitting on the fence before Sia got here. Best coach quickly, World Cup. Oh, no, I was going to Andy Farrell, wasn't okay, I? Okay, Andy Farrell's yeah. good. Yeah. Hughes, quickly do that for me. Uh, I'll go sign Rara Louis then. He's only been in the job since February. Like Four it. Or final. I like that. Good All right. Um, we're going to finish with our Camp I-15. This is where you choose uh, someone that you played against or maybe didn't play against, that you loved or hated. But whatever happens, you always had a beer to say cheers with them at the end of the game. This is the Camp I-15. We've been doing it in association with Asahi Superdry throughout the World Cup. You guys done a few, actually. You've had a few choices. So someone you hated playing against, someone you loved playing against, but... Unexpected. Yeah, there's someone that I really hated to play against, and um, and now we're even drinking a beer now. <laughs> we we we. This is a stitcher. This is a, I normally answer this question, and you got me sitting next to him. <laughs> is it, are you going to choose each other? This is brilliant. No, no, I, no. I, uh, deliberately um, no. I, I love I love rugby for the fact that we can do this, that you can play against each other, and in the moment you do hate each other. But then you can, after the game, have a beer, you leave it on the field, and it's the beauty of our game. You know, he just, he's, not he's not chosen anyone, but I think that's such a great answer. I'll let you have it. Go on, Conrad. Is there anyone uh, that surprised you? I'd, I'd talk about Jean and Jacques Ferry, because that was a midfield partnership when they dominated us in, in 09, and, and they were awesome. And, and myself and Ma'a, that's when we started out, and we'll always talk about how much we learned as a midfield battling those two. Um, but I mean, as John like played against a whole heap, you talk about Jamie, Jonathan Davies, amazing centre, I thought completely underrated guy, Wesley Fofana um, in, in, in France. What a player. He, he is the guy that I absolutely respected as much as anyone I ever played. And God, he, he was a special, special player. So. I could keep going on, but uh, no, I love it. all those, there's People some love pretty to hear special it. midfielders. Let's go back to the World Cup, finish on the World Cup. The best moment of the World Cup for you. I understand lifting. This World Cup, this World Cup. Yeah, this, this World Cup. What's, it could have been the charge down with Thomas Ramos. It could have been Portuguese second row, Lindicas, blind flick to score on the corner. The Irish fans at the Stade de France made the energy. When they were singing zombies, like, I'm not associated to Ireland or Irish rugby in any sense, but when you talk about the entertainment and it capturing this wider audience, there's not many times where when the rugby's on, I'm not watching the rugby and just looking around the stadium going, oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. 
and their inclusion, involvement lifted the whole World Cup. I'll, I'll, I'll go, because uh, I spent five years in France and I'm, uh, I'm still a little bit gutted. And, and I think the competition, as much as it was good, the competition missed a little bit when France missed out. <laughs> that, that opening game, when France beat the All Blacks, like that, that the stadium, and, and even that quarterfinal when they played South Africa, I, there was part of me, I, I was scared of, of what it would be like if and when at that time France made the final because it was the country was absolutely captivated with rugby and look it, it didn't eventuate but um, still those moments when when France was on fire it was uh, it, it was pretty it was pretty damn special look they pretty much hated us as well after the quarterfinals <laughs> right and everyone else yeah yeah away from the rugby um, you know that the, the zombie experience was that was phenomenal I mean, we lose that game against Ireland. I was pitch tired, and and you like you feel like you had the the biggest attended karaoke ever. You know, everyone <laughs> everyone singing. So that was that was incredible. My on-field moment: Monty Libox cross kick while staring into the eyes of was it Grant Gilchrist. That was that was just a phenomenal piece of skill. I I, I love that. Uh, Jean de Villiers, Connors, Beth Hugo, thank you so much. What a World Cup it's been. Thank you for watching. All the episodes are available if you just click on a, a link. Thanks for all your messages over the last few weeks. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as we've enjoyed it too. And we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.